Welcome to Houston Sports Talk with your host, Robert Land. Thanks for checking into the best Houston sports podcast. And joining me for Rockets draft coverage is Cooper Klein, who hosts the NBA draft podcast, Upside Swings, and contributes to Rockets Chop Shop on YouTube with our friend Frank. Thanks for doing this on a crazy night, Cooper. The Rockets shockingly get two top five projected players with Cam Whitmore doing an Aaron Rodgers plunge to number 20. And we'll get to that part in a second. But I know you love Aben Thompson. I love him, but I think you love me more than I do. You had him, what, at number two? Yeah, uh, I am. You know, I've, I've loved Amen for years. Um, I'm, you know, I watched these guys back to high school a lot of the time, and I, I've really just loved following him and his journey. I have him and Scoot, like, back-to-back. Not a wrong pick you can make there. Uh, like, as close as you can have two draft picks be, I just think Amen's slightly higher ceiling. And kind of slept on floor. I, I really buy his floor. I, I think those two things combined really have me just slightly higher on him. And I really love his fit with this Rockets team. That makes me even higher on him, <laughs> especially, you know, for us. I, I think he's just perfect here with every single player we have, even Shengun. Um, I, I've talked about before. I think there's some really great synergy to be had there, uh, especially in the pick and roll with DHOs, just two guys who can get to the rim over and over and over again at will in different ways. If you involve those two guys in actions, uh, even without a shot, that's just a recipe for success. You know, people think you have to play four out, but, you know, we've seen teams could play three out as if, if your other two guys are that good and can get to the rim and actually have strengths. And, and that's what this, this team looks to bring, especially with someone like Whitmore, who, spoiler alert, we drafted at 20. <laughs> you know, this is just such a dynamic group now. Before I get to Cam Whitmore, what is it about Amen that you saw that you look for in a draft pick this high? Because for me, I've talked about, I, lo- I look for elite skills. And his athleticism means that he could be a, an elite defensive player, seven-foot wingspan. You know, everybody has been saying he could be like one of the top 10, maybe top five athletes in the NBA as soon as he walks in. And the other part about it is his passing. And of course, the the Rockets, you know, they got a spot at point guard. You hope that he can maybe do that. But what is it for you? I think, like you said, elite skills and really being able to generate easy looks, right, on offense. And for Amen, that's he can get into the paint at will. I think he's the best athlete in the NBA day one, like like full stop. Uh, he is it at a level that we don't see very often. I think the last guy we've seen at this level is LeBron. His movement skills and body control, speed, burst, every single thing, basically, except for strength, is top tier. There is not a single thing that he is not elite at at this point. And, and I think he's going to put on even more muscle and be even more of a functional athlete. Um, he could stand out a little bit more shift, but I, I think that the athleticism and plus his just high feel for the game, right? Like you don't see elite athletes with his level of basketball feel like ever these guys do not exist uh like you said the defense i I think he's going to be an all defense player by by the end of his rookie contract honestly i buy his feel and his tools and what he's already shown on that end so much his defensive versatility is is second to none in this class I, i think he can play every single defensive role other than the center 
He's going to be our best shot blocker on the team day one. He's going to be our best, like our second best, you know, event generator, our best point of attack defender. He's just so good at every single aspect of defense and he can fill different holes with different lineups in a way that you just don't see from, from any other player really. A few months ago, I had Mirren Fader on from the ringer and she wrote a feature about the Thompson twins. And this is a quote from her article. And this is what gets me excited about these two guys, especially the fact that they just have the work ethic coming in that I'm excited about. But she said their dad coached them from the time they were young, having them dribble two miles around the track with their left hand every single day. They'd also hike five, sometimes up to nine miles through the Oakland Hills while wearing weighted vests. You know, this is why they were kids, remember? She said, while many OTE players rush to turn on music as soon as they step onto the court, Amen and Asur often work out in dead silence. There's no joking, no half-speed reps. They radiate humility. And this is what you like to hear. They're already studying film of NBA players they'll be guarding. That's what she said, Cooper. Yeah, it is like unprecedented stuff. Like you, there's also the reports of them like sleeping in the locker room so they can, you know, just not have to travel back to their room and back and save that time. Like these, especially, I mean, both of them, but like in this instance, specifically Amen is such a, like a worker. <laughs> and you really want that kind of guy on your team. That's the kind of guy who's a, a leader in a lot of different ways, a leader by example, who makes other guys better, both in the literal sense on the court and just by having them around. You know, if you see somebody <laughs> doing these kinds of things, having these kinds of habits, that makes you want to have those habits. You know, that's the kind of guy you want around a Jalen Green, a Jabari, a, a Tari, a Shengun to really unlock their potential. Um, and he's just, there's so many things that Amen brings to a young team, especially this this young Rockets team, that people just kind of dumb down. It's like, well, well, he can't shoot, so he can't succeed. And, well, he played in OTE, which isn't a real league, so uh, he can't be that good. And, and they, they dumb down their analysis too much with, with that kind of stuff instead of just taking Amen for what he is, which is the best athlete to come into the league since LeBron and one of the highest field players we've seen in years who's very skilled and very talented in a plethora of ways. The thing that struck me when I read her article is that she had written a similar article about Jabari Smith. And you combine those two work ethics and you put those in the locker room with other guys and you just feels like the more guys that you have like that, it lifts everybody else up. Yeah, and, and, and also a guy, I, the, the third guy who I'd add like that is Tari. I think Tari is, is another super like legendary work ethic badge type guy where he, I mean, all the reports, like he basically taught himself how to shoot in a matter of a year and a half. The start of his soft, like the end of his freshman year, start of his sophomore year, he couldn't shoot. And by the end of his NBA season, it's so like a year and a half later, he is a nearly league average shooter, right? From NBA distance. That kind of work ethic and improvement just does not happen. 
So I, I think having those three guys together in the locker room specifically, it, it like you said, it lifts every boat. And, and I'm excited to see how much better all these guys can get with real leadership uh, at, at every step. And the two guys that they hired with shooting coach backgrounds are really going to get a workout with this roster now between Amen and Shangoon. You're trying to get Jabari's, you know, that spot up jumper from three going a little bit. We saw him pretty good inside the arc, but that's something that's going to be a work in progress. So he, he's got it. Those two guys have got their work cut out. Yeah, I'm really excited to see uh, what they're able to do this season and, and how these guys develop over the summer. All right. Now, Cam Whitmore, I think everybody is shocked because we just thought, well, the Rockets are going to trade the first round pick for a veteran or they're going to trade it to get a future first round pick. And then Whitmore's still sitting on the board. I have to think the Rockets probably had a plan in place to make a trade. But as there, soon as Whitmore, Whitmore is sitting there, you got to take him, right? Yeah, there were multiple trade packages from what I've heard. Uh, we were rumored to move up to 10 with the Mavericks. They ended up not having to do that because, you know, they did that deal with the, the uh, OKC Thunder. Then we were also supposed, supposed to trade up with the Lakers, and that didn't end up going through. Uh, there were a few others in there that I heard, I, I think specifically with, with the Hawks at 15 as well, but they were just more content to take their guy, uh, especially with Buffkin falling. Like, but I don't, Buffkin wasn't expected to be there, but they're – we made a lot of calls <laughs> to move up to get our guy in cam. Once he started to fall, you saw we worked him out when we thought he was only going to go in the top six. Right. And when you see a talent like that, uh, I, I think the biggest problem with the NBA and their draft tendencies these days is you see any kind of medical red flag and they are completely scared away, no matter how realistic or serious it is. It's like, well, if this guy, has the talent of a top five, 10 pick, then they should probably still be taken, you know, in the top eight to 15, even with that medical red flag. You saw that with Adrian Griffin last year, someone I had three on my board, very, very high on him, but he slipped to 15 because of his knees. Michael right? Porter. Michael Porter. Yeah. Michael Porter Jr. And this year, seriously, like Bryce Sensabaugh, Dariq Whitehead, Cam Whitmore, all these guys falling because of, Injury worries, it's like at a certain point, if you're taking Jaime Jaquez or you're taking Noah Clowney, maybe you should just take the guy who could be a star, Nick Smith, you know, all these guys who have injury red flags. And that's a huge reason why they're falling. If like, if these guys are healthy, they're high level starters, you should be taking them. And I, I'm really happy that we came away with someone widely considered to be a top five, six guy, someone I'm a little bit lower on, but would have for this team or to take around eight um, still love the fit, still love the pick. I, I think this is, we, we have kind of a hole on the wing, not so much at the forward spot, but on the, the two, three wing. And I think cam really fits that hole. Uh, and this is arguably the most athletic team in NBA history. If Whitmore plays a lot, having Whitmore, Tari, Amon, Jalen green, Jacob, like, what other team has so many elite, truly elite athletes like that? I, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Give me the good and bad from what you saw from Cam Whitmore. So the good uh, elite finisher, 
I think for a, a young player, he's also a, a really good defender, super young, 18. Uh, the, I buy the shot at least as a spot up. I don't super buy the off motion or, or like off the dribble stuff. It's a little bit clanky right now, but he's the best cutter in the draft, best off ball mover, great offensive rebounder, good stopper. Uh, the bad is the defense is not good now. I think it will be come time. Like, like I said, with time, he's a great, he can defend at the point of attack, but his team defense isn't great. And the passing is the big worry. That's why I was a little bit lower on him as far as like a star bet compared to some. Um, like he does not pass the ball. I think he, like he, he has vision and that Villanova team was not built at all to show off his talents. So like, it's, it's very easy to kind of hand wave it. And he's so young and, and you've seen it at lower levels, especially in transition. Uh, but he's not a playmaker at all. So you don't really want to put the ball in his hands uh, and like let him run a ton of pick and rolls, but he's also like the third best athlete in this draft, arguably second. So if he can be one of the best play finishing wings who can shoot, drive, uh, defend, that is an elite get there at 20, uh, especially with consensus being so, so, so high on him. Does he seem like to you a higher end Josh Christopher, same skill set? Uh, so Gup is tough. I really like Gup's team defense. And his shot creation, I think he was kind of played out of position defensively. He should be a wing, uh, like physically. I think they're both really raw athletes. I, I think their their feel for the game is very different. Uh, he's a way better shooter and way better like off-ball mover. I think his feel for like just what to do in his role is a lot better. Um, whereas Gup is more just like natural, like more, more chaotic, right? Uh, I'm... Probably higher on Gup than some. I, I still would like to see him on this team and like let him play his actual position instead of being tasked with being a point of attack defending, pick and roll running point guard. Uh, but I, I think Cam is is a lot better and fits this team a lot better and like the vision for what we currently have than Gup does. So if you're the Rockets now, you you can basically, you know, if if Whitmore or Thompson is not ready at the beginning of the season and you add a couple of vets. I mean, you might have, you might be sending those guys to the G league or something like that. What, at least one of those guys might end up in the G league. I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to see what happens. Cause I don't know about you, but like, I don't see Harden coming here. I don't hear enough noise about Van Bleet. I would not give him a four year contract, which I'm sure he's going to want, especially now that you just drafted Amen that you think might be the point guard in two or three years, if you can get them up to speed. So, I mean, I'm looking at the Rockets and it, it might be just, you know, could, could Kevin Porter be the point guard to start the season after all this, you know, the starting point guard. I, I don't know. I, I think Amin ends up getting it. I think we bring in a lower level starting vet point guard who like maybe takes it for a bit, but I think eventually we just realize this team is, it's better than we thought it would be because everyone's grown and it makes more sense. And everybody's like, we have a good coach, <laughs> right? So I, I think it's better. And eventually we just realize the defense he brings now, the automatic paint touches he brings now is enough to overcome any weaknesses he brings. And he's better than like the backup point guard that we bring in to like show him the ropes and teach him some of the smaller stuff. I think there's a world where Whitmore goes to the G League. 
um, just to develop as like an on-ball scorer and like see if the step-back shot is real. Because if he can create off the dribble, then you're looking at a Jalen Brown type development track where this guy isn't could be like a, a 1A, 1B type scorer uh, who can also play both ways of the floor, defend, shoot, use him as a play finisher. He can run a ton of different types of actions. Uh, but if the shot, if like the off the dribble shot isn't real, then, oh no, he's still one of the most valuable off ball wings in the league. You know, if he hits and, and can really create, I, I, I'm, I'm super excited for what Whitmore brings. And I'm really excited to see how he's utilized, whether that is in the G league or, or with the main team off the bench. Do you see Porter being traded for a vet potentially? Because now Whitmore might be able to be a backup wing to Tari Eason. And there, or if you bring in somebody else to play wing, a veteran, then you might have a log jam there. So, you know, does it, does it allow you to trade Kevin Porter at this point? Do you, or do you like him as a, do you like him more as a backup, like at the one, two or a backup three, or, or what do you look at him as? I think the cool thing about KPJ is, is there's some backup point guard potential because he can run a pick and roll and like, he was pretty good by the numbers, right? Like the eye test sucks, but if you get him a real roller, I think that can be like a bench offense, but then he can also plug in with different like high level starting lineups and be an off ball shooter and like be one of the best off ball shooters on the planet, right? Like his catch and shoot jumper is at like 50% over two seasons. That's, like not a, a world ending sample, but that that catch and shoot jumper looks insane. So I, I I really think that he can play different roles with different lineups. I wouldn't trade him uh, personally. I I don't unless you're getting like I, I wouldn't do it unless you're aggregating for a star level guy because you need that kind of salary to make that trade for a star level player. Sure. Um, like uh, of course, if you're bringing in like. A tie, like yeah, like another 20 million level guy, then yeah, you can use him to make the trade. But Kevin Porter Jr.'s constantly expiring contract is more valuable in and of itself. And it's even more valuable if he's also a good player. But you have that as like, oh, well, we don't really have cap room. Sorry, KPJ, you got to go. Right? Like that is more valuable than any player, any any other player you could reasonably get in that cap slot, if that makes sense. Who do you see as far as the Rockets hierarchy right now, like who, who, who do you think it should be set up for? Because with Silas, that was a problem. They didn't have a set hierarchy. Like this guy's one, this guy's two, this guy's three. We're going to, you know, start to set this guy up first in the offense. And then this guy, how, how do you look at that? Or is that a, is that a way to, that you think Udoka is going to look at things? Um, I, I think as far as scoring, I think it's Jalen Green and Shingun one, two. Uh, I think it would be pretty flawed to look at it any other way. Those are the two best scorers on the roster. Then I think it's either Amen or KPJ or Jabari, depending on who has the better matchup, who develops better as a scorer, uh, what kind of offense they want to run. I'm not super, like, I don't know exactly what Yudoka wants to run. I, I'm not super into all the coaching stuff, but I, I am 100%. Like, I, I think Amen will be the setup guy year one. and And I think he'll like have a, the leeway to score because if you're just a setup guy, then everybody knows that and that can be game plan for. So he's going to have the leeway to like, Oh, I'm going to go score now, obviously. But I, I don't think he's going to be like a primary option. Even if I, in my opinion, he's our best prospect, right? He's not our best scorer. 
and I don't think he ever will be. So I, I think we set the offense for Jalen Shengun and, and Jabari and Tari, and then Amon's still allowed to get his because he's the one doing all the dribbling, but he's not the primary focus of that offense. Yeah, I just think as a guy coming from over Lee, and he's a rookie, and you would want him to be the point guard, I just can't see him starting to start the season. You know, maybe he could take the job at some point during the season, but it, it just seems like to me maybe the offense runs through Shangoon early in the year, and then if Ahmed could sort of take the reins or help take the reins later in the year, and I also feel like it's going to take a long time for Shangoon and Ahmed to be able to shoot where it's tolerable. You're not going to get any spacing with those two guys on the court, and I know he can get to the rim you know, pretty easily. But even with Westbrook, it was hard to get another guy on the floor with him that, that, that wasn't able to shoot. So my feeling is you might put one of those two guys, which I think it's going to be our man off the bench, uh, at least until those guys can become a, a decent shooters at least. Yeah. I do think if Westbrook played with a big who could dribble, like Amen, it will, if he, when he plays with Shengun, I, I think it would be a different story because then you have a dynamic big who like, oh, we're going to build a wall for Amen coming off of a DHO. Then Shengun's just going to take the ball and roll. Like you still have to guard Amen. You don't still have to guard Clint Capella outside of 18 feet. Outside of five feet, you don't have to guard him. Outside of five feet, you don't have to guard, you know, Steven Adams. You know, basically every big that we tried to play with him, you don't have to guard outside five feet. And I think that element of, of Shengun's game is what really unlocks him. If it was just like a traditional roller, like a Clint Capella, then I would be wor- more worried about the spacing, right? But because Shengun can dribble and get his own, I, I really just, I love that duo so much. <laughs> you know, I, I get the spacing concerns, but I, I think it's going to be really underratedly deadly, even early. One last thing I wanted to ask you. It's real interesting, I think, that the Rockets and the Pistons are kind of in this weird, similar track now. And they took Cade Cunningham before the Rockets took Jalen Green. Some people might remember that the Pistons were rumored to be thinking about Jalen Green. I don't know if that was a mind game or if that was real. But then the Rockets uh, did not take Jaden Ivey. Some people thought maybe Jaden Ivey could be better than Jabari Smith. But they took Jabari Smith, and then the Pistons took Jaden Ivey, and now Rockets take Ahmed, and then they take his twin brother. It's it's kind of an interesting little thing to see, like how these two teams, because they got Monty Williams, you know, a guy that uh, has went to the finals, and the Rockets got Udoka, a guy that's gone to the finals. So it's really interesting. Yeah, I really love this rivalry that's brewing. Uh, I think the, the from what I've heard, and I, I've actually heard it from like a bunch of different people. Uh, Troy Weaver, Troy Weaver, the the Pistons GM would have taken Jalen at one, but their owner vetoed that and said, "No, we're going safe. We're going Cade." Um, so because he blew them away in that workout, and uh, I mean it, it was insane. And so I, that I really like the rivalry because, like you said, the Ivy and Bari stuff. I really buy. Um, I, I think Bari's better. Um, just, you know, maybe to toot our own little Rockets horn. I love what he flashed as a, as a rookie. I was really, I I was kind of lower on Jabari, honestly, coming into last year's cycle. And 
like even watching him this year, he flashed a lot more. He he quelled a lot of my concerns at, with him as an interior finisher and an interior defender that really had me worried. So I I'm very happy with that. And and I mean, we got the way better twin. So that'll really fuel the fire here after Detroit just love Detroit fans just love to uh, love to knock on us for you know getting oh all you know everybody all the hipsters love to you know shit on us for the Jalen Green pick and and the the Jabari pick but I, I think we're gonna come out on top we got more picks going forward uh, we have more actual rotation level players <laughs> you know outside of our core so I, I'm very excited to see where this goes in the future. Yeah, don't sleep on Jabari because I I was extremely high on him coming out. And I was a little concerned a couple months into the season, but I just have such confidence that, you know, with his work ethic and and the stuff that he can do on the court, he's going to figure it out. And I think he's going to develop a lot this season with a better coach. And, you know, we're already seeing him gain some weight when he gets that weight on him. And just seeing what he did against Giannis defensively last year. The best game of the season. Oh, that was that was so much fun. Uh, tell people about your podcast and everything that you're doing. Yeah, so uh, you can find me on Twitter at Ali underscore Oop underscore Coop. Uh, you can find my podcast Upside Swings on Twitter at Upside Swings. You can check out our website, UpsideSwings.com. We have like 40 different big boards on there now from all of our contributors. We have tons of articles. We have... Uh, scouting reports on I think about 50 different players we were going to have more but I ran out of time as the season came down the stretch Um, we have all of our podcasts we have podcasts on 100 different prospects our top 100 Um, so if you're a fan of a different team or if you just want to listen to our Amen Thompson and Cam Whitmore pod and if the Rockets maybe trade back into this draft we'll see I doubt it but I would love to see us grab somebody in the second for cheap uh, you know, check out our podcast on them. I, I we do. I think we probably did about forty-five minutes to an hour on Amen and forty-five minutes on Whitmore. Um, so you can see what we all thought about them, and and we go more in depth than anybody else will out there on the draft. That's our that's our thing. So uh, I think that's. I well, you can find me like you said at HTX Chop Shop. Um, once the draft's over, I'll be doing a lot more content over there, doing more rocket specific stuff, talking about our guys at summer league a uh, whole bunch of stuff like that. And uh, yeah, just thank you so much again for having me on. This was great. Uh, you know, love talking about, you know, the Rockets getting good prospects. I was really nervous that we were not <laughs> going to get somebody good at 20 or trade the pick. Uh, and this wouldn't be as fun, but I I'm super excited after, after those picks. Yeah. The, the, the draft is still going as we speak. And I just want to say as a Coug fan, I'm really excited because, Jarris Walker going to the Pacers and perfect fit. Mev- and gri- and the Grizzlies getting Sasser. They they landed in two happen? great spots. Yeah, they just Grizzlies got Sasser. Sass? Oh, let's go. Oh, that's so perfect. Oh, I love that. Oh, that's so good. So Sasser so with Marcus Smart should be kind of you know oh he goodness. might be able to help out early in the season with Jaw out. He might get some playing time. You never know. I mean him him and Bain around Jaw. That's two of the best shooters on planet Earth. And two guys who, oh, oh, I love that. I'm so happy. Thank, thank the Lord he went to the Grizzlies, where they actually respect good basketball players. So, And, and we should mention that you're a Coug as well, right? Yes, <laughs> yes, I am. Go Cougs. I'm a current UH student. 
Um, we did a podcast over on HTX Chop Chop recently with my co-host Bryce about everything about this last Coug season, everything about this off season, guys we were looking for in the transfer portal, who was leaving, all that kind of stuff. We did breakdowns on what the new Big 12 looks like. Uh, we're going to do more Cougs content as as the season comes on. So I, I love my Cougs. I go to as many games as I can. Nothing I love more. Outstanding. Hey, it's so much fun that you were able to join us and look to, ha- look to have you on again, potentially. And hopefully the Rockets aren't going to be picking this high in the future. <laughs> so hopefully uh, well, maybe we'll, we'll maybe talk about that Nets pick. That yeah, Nets pick. Well, well, yeah, it's, we'll see what happens <laughs> with the Nets. But uh, yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, thanks again for having me on. This was awesome. You're listening to Houston Sports Talk. Hey, don't forget to support us by subscribing and commenting on YouTube. You can always listen to us on Spotify, Apple, or your favorite podcast app. Tell your friends about us and share our show links on social media. Spread the word, everybody. Thanks for listening.